This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gama. Are you looking for a solution to coat your most difficult products with no touch-up? Then Gama's dynamic contouring equipment is the right solution for you. Unlike robotic coating, dynamic contouring offers greater flexibility without all the programming hassle, while correctly positioning each powder gun to automatically coat your parts. For more information, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. Automate it, position it, detect it, code it, complete it with Gamma. Hello all you powder coating fans, and welcome to episode 29 of the S. Joe Powder Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. Kevin Biller, and with me, as usual, is my colleague, sidekick, and the guy that Mr. Baker liked to call Kingfish, Nathan. He's the Powder Coating Research Group's formulator dude. All right, I'm going to come out with a hot take this episode, and I know I'm going to you know, alienate some of our listeners. Some people are going to be really upset, but I, I just have to say it. A hot dog is a sandwich. And no, I'm not sorry. The purpose of the Ask Joe Powder podcast is to bring the latest news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. So let's get it rolling. But before we do... Shout out. I'd like to give a shout out. And this one is to an old friend of mine, Paul Mills. For you people who have been involved with the coatings industry for, for a few decades... You probably remember Paul Mills as the VP of sales and marketing of Neutro Corporation, which was a kind of a specialized turnkey company that built finishing lines and, and other types of manufacturing lines. Um, they were out of uh, the Cleveland, Ohio area. Company is Neutro. Uh, it, it's been, you know, it's now called Vengicob, but he was a VP there from 1994 to 2002. And for the next uh, 10 or so years, he would—he was an advocate. He was a consultant. He did work for coatings companies such as Calcor, and he did a lot of UV stuff with EIT and Radtech, and he helped out people at the Powder Coating Institute. He actually gave a keynote speech at one of our powder coating summits, mm -hmm. which probably about five years ago. The brain drain. Yes. Paul has always, always been a visionary and a tireless advocate for the coatings industry. Well, the reason why I give him a shout out this time, Paul, um, without telling a lot of people, he embarked on a PhD program at Kent State University, got his PhD, and he is now an assistant professor of marketing at Cleveland State University. Uh, in addition, he's the director of the Bernie Moreno Center for Sales Excellence. So um, just want to say hats off to Paul Mills, a guy that's always on the go, always doing new things, and uh, very impressed that you're a professor. Um, you're 
what I understand, you're seeking full tenure. So good luck to, to you, my friend. Um, you've had a really interesting career. I mean that in a good way. Okay, now it's time for the news in our Guess What segment. Guess What? All right, our first items from PCI Magazine, and they report that PPG has invested $13 million in their facility in China. There, that includes eight new powder coating production lines, and they're expanding the powder coatings technology center that will further enhance the PPG's research and development capabilities. So the new production lines will increase the plant's capacity by more than 8,000 metric tons per year. The Powder Coating Technology Center spans more than 2,000 square meters, and it will feature a laboratory with state-of-the-art equipment, and it will support the development and testing of you know, all the coating formulas, and as well as providing technical support for customers across the uh, Asia-Pacific region. Pretty impressive, Nate. I, I, you know, PPG's really putting a lot of money into their, their powder industry and, and others as well. Um, yeah, pretty impressive. Um, be interesting to see how that um, progresses as time goes on. Oh yeah, and from Coatings World, uh, the pandemic seems to have a, had a significant impact on the German market for paints and coatings. So this Chem Research GmbH, it's a German market research firm, has reported that the. Uh, German market for coatings and paints recorded a 4.5% fall in sales in Q1 2021. So decorative paints decreased by 6% in volume terms. Industrial coatings lost 2.5%. Uh, they claimed that uh, there was a big hit to the DIY segment due to retail outlets being locked down and the professional and trade segment experienced slight growth, which... That's interesting. I wonder if that's the same here because I feel like people were doing a lot more DIY than in a typical year because they were not going to their industrial. Uh, I, you know, I get the impression in Germany they don't paint their their houses that often because certainly in in the U.S. during the the, the lockdowns, people were. They were they were going if they weren't going to they were ordering stuff from the DIY centers and they were working in their houses on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other interesting thing about this one, Nate, um, you know, it's, it says they they experienced a four and a half percent fall in sales first quarter. Um, China experienced some people are saying twenty one percent increase in sales wow. in their first quarter versus. 2020 uh, versus first quarter of 2020 yeah. and, and one of the differences there is china stopped everything right nobody was allowed to leave their house so yep so that's a little bit of uh you know market trends in germany for you um there was a survey done by exalta and they're saying that color is a key factor in 88 percent of vehicle purchasing decisions so they surveyed consumers in china germany mexico and the u.s um, and know, it's a little interesting. They, it goes to show that there are different preferences in different areas. They're saying, um, high gloss finishes were preferred by all of the markets except China, which is actually split about, well, 
percent high gloss, fifty two percent matte. Um, whereas you know the other regions preferred high gloss, and then paint effects were a little bit different from one place to another. And in the U.S. and China, uh, they tend to you know consumers said they prefer a solid color. German respondents chose pearlescent, and uh, Mexico chose coarse metallic and pearlescent as their preferred paint effects. That's interesting because you know I. You know, I, I look at the coatings on cars, and it seems like they all have pearlescent in them. It might be a fine one, but when you get them on a certain angle, even you know, all the cars in the U.S. seem to have some kind of sparkle in them. Yeah, it's, it's, it says solid effects, and I have to think that it's yeah, not solid, solid. There's there's something, something in, in there. Yeah. Anyway, maybe they didn't uh, word the questions well. <laughs> Who knows? These are fun though, because you you just really wonder the psychology behind how people make these decisions. Um, and you you mentioned fifty two percent matte in China. Yeah, I find that remarkable. Right? You don't see any matte cars around here. Nope. Okay, friends. Now it's time for the question and answer portion of our podcast. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That'll advance your powder coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder Okay. The first question comes from Alan Russell from Santa Teresa, New Mexico. He says, hi, Joe. I've contacted you before, so maybe you can help me again. Just a reminder, I run a small to medium-sized powder coating line at a metal fabrication facility in southern New Mexico. We have a five-stage washer that utilizes an alkaline first stage, a zirconium-based fourth stage, and then stages two and three and five are RO rinses. We have a partitioned drying slash curing oven, so adjusting one without the impact without impacting the other isn't possible. I'm told we're going to be painting lots of ductile cast iron parts in the near future. What do I need to know about painting these types of parts? I've read they can have outgassing and adhesion issues. If true, how do I avoid such issues? Management wants us to coat them with something that I assume will fill in some of the casting imperfections, giving the final product a more finished appearance. I've been told to find out about maybe a type of thick primer. I'm told we'd want a powder coating product that matches one of the colors we use now, but in a rough texture that could kind of fill in or hide the roughness of the casted surface. What do I need to do or apply to obtain the desired outcome? Sincerely, Alan. Hi, Alan. Um, You're very wise to be asking before you have to make this stuff happen because uh, this is going to take some pretty significant changes uh, and and, and kind of almost a different... uh, um, philosophy towards coating. Um, but let, let's start with the substrate, ductile cast iron, um, same kind of material they make uh, frying pans or skillets out of um, uh, the old the old type ones. So here's where I'd start. You blast that ductile cast iron with a decent media, and you know, I'm, I, I would first recommend maybe a medium grit aluminum oxide, uh, I think there's garnets that that do the same kind of thing, but uh, blast the iron until it's till it's white, you know, white clean 
um, profile, um, and then run the parts through your pretreatment pretreatment system, and of course, including the dry off. Uh, next, I would preheat the parts to about 175C or you know, somewhere around 350 Fahrenheit, and then let the parts cool so that they're manageable, maybe around 100 to 125 Celsius, and then apply a reasonably thick coating with good edge coverage. Um, and you can talk to your powder supply, suppliers for that. Um, something like that's going to hang on all the the pores and the edges and stuff. Um, the other thing, you know, ductile um, cast iron has a certain degree of porosity, and it depends on how it's been cast, and it's going to be variable. Um, at least that's what we've seen in the field. You need to talk to your powder supplier about off-gassing or out-gassing forgiving or resistant powder formulations. <laughs> they all have different way of phrasing it but yeah they pretty much all offer that technology yeah. and, and and let them know what you're coating so that's important you may be able to do this in one coat if you're spraying warm parts and if the powder has a um high enough viscosity if it if it doesn't sag when it gets to to thicker films so that's something to keep in mind um as far as choice of chemistry i think this is important it really depends on where these parts are going to find themselves in the field. Um, if it's in interior grade something, you can use a hybrid um, or a polyester, perhaps. Um, if it's exterior durable, you, you want to look at a polyester or a super durable um, polyester. If you can't do it in a single coat, you're going to have to apply one coat, partially cure it, and then maybe uh, you, you try it with and without abrading that first coat and apply the second coat. You may want to preheat the parts. Um, the reason you want to go easy on the first cure cycle, you want to undercure the first coat so you get better intercoat adhesion between the two coats. So, Chances are if you're spraying the parts hot, though, you could get pretty good uh, film thickness on the first pass, though. I think you're absolutely right. And it's just a matter of getting the right powder that doesn't, you know, run away from the edges. Um, so that that's one way of doing it. Um, so anyway, let us know how it, how it turns out. And if uh, you need any uh, other uh, advice on this, um, we, we head out to New Mexico from time to time. And it's kind of funny. You go there and the people say, you know, visitors to New Mexico, some of them don't even think New Mexico is part of the United States. They think it's part of a different country. I think it's kind of amusing. Anyway, uh, wish you the best, uh, Alan, and get back to me if you can. Best regards, Joe. And now a word from our sponsors. Gamma's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses Power Boost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. 
and be sure to mention Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with GEMA. The Powder Coating Research Group is a proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. PCR is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from raw material evaluation, formulating the next generation of coatings, new product development, testing, troubleshooting, training, and consulting. To find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or you can email Kevin Biller at kevinbiller at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. All right, and our next question from comes from Ismail, and he says, Dear Joe, I have some brake calipers that I powder coated, and I would like to add lettering and then add a clear powder coat and put it in an oven and bake it. I'd like to know of any material, like vinyl or decal or anything, that can sta- withstand 400 degrees F to be powder coated over. Thanks. All right, Ismail. This is a tricky proposition, and here's what I can tell you. First of all, you know, very common uh, decal material would be vinyl or PVC, polyvinyl chloride uh, decals, and these would be kind of room temperature kind of decals with you know maybe air dry paints if they're associated with them. Anyway, you're not going to get 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, out of uh, the heat resistance for that. So just skip those. I did a little bit of research, and there are a number of different materials that are used to make decals. Um, Let me run through some of them. Polycarbonate is not going to make it. Polyester is not going to make it. They're they're both under um, 250 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, And we talked about PVC. The two choices you have, and, you know, one of them is kind of, kind of borderline, um, polyethylene terephthalate, which if your oven is under 360 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 180 Celsius, you can use those. But it sounds like maybe that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So what you're really going to have to use is a polyimid-based decal. And these are high quality and, and they're expensive. So I can tell you that. So... Um, best thing to do is to try it out on a scrap piece of metal, if you can. Um, you know, something you may have laying around in your shop. Um, the other thing that, that is kind of important is you said you want to clear coat these. You may want to look at a low temperature clear coat so that it makes things go easier. There's less chance of yellowing. Um, and, and. You know, if there's any kind of borderline performance with heat resistance, you're gonna you're gonna be in the clear, um, pun intended. Um, so um, the things I would stay away from are, you know, polyurethanes require high temperature bakes. Epoxies discolor with heat, um, so you gotta skip those two. You can get a low temperature cure polyester. Uh, that would be about one sixty. Uh, Celsius, uh, about the 320, 325 degree Fahrenheit. Um, that's probably where I would start. 
um, and get a nice high gloss one, uh, nice smooth and high gloss. So anyway, um, thanks a lot for your question, and let me how, let me know how things work out for you, Ishmael. All right, everybody, before we leave, let's fill you in on some upcoming events. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. All right, coming up in June, the 22nd and 23rd, the PC Kitchen Introduction to Powder Coating Formulation course is going on in Columbus, Ohio, uh, here at our lab. I think we've got a couple slots still open for for that, so um, you know, feel free to reach out to Joe Powder or to Kevin, <laughs> and um, you know, if you want more information about that. Yeah, this is an interesting course. You know, of course, you know, I'm biased, but um, it provides an introduction to how to formulate powder coatings. So it's kind of um, kind of directed at material people, material scientists, chemists, formulators, raw material people. Um, although we've had people from, you know, marketing groups, coatings, uh, technology groups, and large companies. So um, if you have any questions... You give me a call or, or email me at kevinbiller at yahoo.com. All right. And then the 13th through 15th of July uh, is Powder Coating Week. That's the Powder Coating Institute's week of events uh, in conjunction with CCAI. They have the conference, the workshop, like all of those sort of things are all piled together. Mm-hmm. It's happening at SeaWorld in Orlando. Yeah, tabletop exhibits, the whole the whole thing. And then the twenty second and twenty third of September, um, also here in Columbus, Ohio, that's the Powder Coating Summit, and that's a two day conference uh, that focuses on new technology and everything that's new in the powder coating world. Uh, you know, there's a day of seminar and there's tabletop exhibits and. In the laboratory demo. And then the 27th through 29th of September is the Middle East Coding Show at Dubai International Convention and Exhibition Center in Dubai, UAE. Yeah, you know, and mentioning these shows, certainly Florida is open for business. Um, you know, if you're vaccinated, feel free to, to attend that event, the Powder Coding Week. And um, starting this week, um, Ohio is open for business and this week, June, um, Ohio's opened up and, you know, most people are fully vaccinated and, um, moving around and, and visiting and, and going to places is, is much more open. All right. And where can we catch the Astro powder column and print? Okay. Astro powder column and print. It's primarily in the powder coated tough magazine, which is a flagship of the Powder Coating Institute that comes out uh, bi-monthly. Um, so um, you, you can find Astro Powder in that. It's also in the um, Polymers Paint and Color Journal, which uh, covers the coatings industry for Europe and the Middle East. Um, it's in print. It's also on the website uh, for, for those folks. And PCI Magazine, which is Paint and Coatings Industry Magazine, you can find it on their website under the Finishing Flash tab. 
you can find us online at astropowder.com. And if you want to get an alert every time a new episode drops, because it's not always on a exact schedule, um, subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts, your Spotify, your um, Apple Podcasts, any we're listed on all of the major ones. Uh, we have a YouTube channel and a Twitter. That's uh, AKA Joe Powder is Twitter. And if you want to ask a question to Joe Powder, the email address is askjoepowder at yahoo.com. Or you can call in, leave a message at country code 1 478 2 Ask Joe. That's 1 478 227 5563. This has been a production of the Powder Coating Research Group. Our music, editing, recording, and sound stuff is all done by Nick Page. And I just wanted to uh, do a couple of corrections and um, retractions from last week's episode. First of all, um, the terms Bigfoot and Sasquatch actually are interchangeable. It's more of a regional distinction. Um you know, just like they call them Yetis in Asia. So, you know, sorry, we got that one wrong. Uh, ben and Jerry's did not buy Tiger Drylock for $2.1 trillion. Our sources are just really wrong. And we would like to give a heartfelt apology to the entire nation of Latvia. That was our bad. Okay. And keep your powder dry, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Gama. Whether you're the shop manager, system engineer, or powder coder, once you decide to make Gama an integral part of your shop, you'll understand how simple it is to be so productive. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gama. Just a reminder, I run a small to medium-sized powder coating line at a metal fabricate metal. Blah. All right, our first items from PCI Magazine, and they report that PPG has invested thirteen million dollars in their Jiading facility in China. You ever notice how New Mexicans just? All they ever talk about is hatched green chilies. Just won't shut up about them. This is also not very friendly to Canadians podcast. <laughs> I uh, I have a I've had a number of people from Canada tell me about like the new decal that they got on their truck or their motorcycle. A decal to, to realize that that's how they pronounce decal apparently in the Canadian decal. Yeah, on their. 350Z. <laughs> this is also.